Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to answer two questions. One, can a person lose their salvation? Can a Christian lose their salvation? And two, what is the definition of a Christian? And I think we're going to bring both of these in together and talk about them and see where we end up. And uh, and I don't know. We'll we'll see how well it goes. But I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And if you haven't been on his podcast, you need to go on to uh, Pastor Duke on any podcast platform. You'll pull right up. He's number one. Also, I want to mention another podcast that if you're not listening to it, you need to get on there and listen to it. And that is Truth Unbound with Walter Swaim. This dude is hitting home runs. He's a brother, and he's educated, and he's humble, and he's brilliant. I, Dude, if you sat down and listened to him, you can tell this man is edumacated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how John introduced this lesson. He's been trying to figure out which title I go with. I say, go with both of them, dude, because they both uh, they 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 deeply connect. They're they're so interwoven. Can't separate them. I don't know how to separate them. So there's my struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so you followed my instructions. You kind of kind of blended them together. Out of boy, John. I, I, <laughs> There you get an, you get an attaboy. Hey boy, attaboy, John. That's so funny. But this is real stuff. This is a lot of people struggling here, so we want to help clarify some things. Yeah, because uh, number one, if you don't understand what a Christian is, you would believe a Christian can lose their salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, define terms and see what this word means and what did God actually say? Follow your emotions, follow the direction of men. You could wind up there. Yeah. And I think, and and I think that's why most people do is because they don't understand definition. Many people today don't do their own homework. Like they don't research. Uh, And then when you do research, because of the definition that they already have in their head, your research is null and void. Yeah. See, we were instructed uh, by uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul to Timothy, the young preacher, study to show thyself approved a workman right. needed not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we're doing. But when we're doing it, we're also exhorting right. you right. to do that as well. Uh, because when you do that uh, due diligence, the Holy Spirit is kind of enacted, and and he'll and he'll solidify yeah. it in your heart. Yeah, he'll guide you. That's right. And when he, you can just get that smooch from him, and it's like aha. Right. Then you land on it's locked in your heart, and the devil can't blow you away with every wind of doctrine. Yeah, and so we're going to show you scripturally. We're going to show you the definition of a Christian, and we're going to answer the question: Can a Christian lose their salvation? And we're going to bring it all together. So you're saying there's a difference between a biblical Christian and a a Nashville Christian and a Hollywood Christian? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or an Oprah Christian Uh, or or an Obama Christian. Yeah, yeah. Because, because, and and here's why I say that, because I know some people are like, oh, I can't believe he's throwing out names again. Well, number one, if you've listened long enough, you can believe it. If you know me personally, I know you can believe it. And number two, remember, we do not allow wolves... 
yeah. in with the flock. Sweet, sweet. Apostle John called out Diotrephes' name, who loved to have the preeminence among them. And Paul pulled out those ladies who were feuding to the Philippians, yeah. the near-perfect church. Stop fussing and making fools of yourself. He called out mm-hmm. names. Uh, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Yeah. So I think it's okay to call out names. I don't think it's okay to try to bash and slam them, but it's okay to call out names and point out truth, especially when it's apostasy. Exactly. When people are leading people astray, I'll be a sweetheart, forgiving, long suffering. I don't want to attack the brethren, but when somebody is, yeah, but are they the brethren? Well, they're they're false teachers. Exactly. They're not. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Hello. That's that's not time to be a sweetheart. It's time to be a shepherd. What did the shepherds do to the wolves? Oh, they took them out. Oh yeah, that was it. The bear yeah. and the lion came into David's camp only once. They, <laughs> they came in and they went down and it was life over. Yeah, they came in and they were dinner and dinner was over. <laughs> See, we have such a watered-down Casper milk toast, I used to hear in the South, uh, type of Christianity today, that whenever you stand up and, and rightly divide the Word of God and expose heresy, then you're called the bad guy. Well, someday we'll stand before God and uh, we'll be glad that we uh, were biblically straight up. Yeah, I, and and I use this phrase all the time. I'll say it again. I, I know I use it in my church all the time, especially if someone comes up to me and they start complaining they want something different than Scripture. <laughs> it's like, why are you? At any rate, and I say all the time, listen, I'd rather have you leave mad than God leave mad. Yeah, amen. I don't want anybody to leave mad. I just want people to leave right. Exactly. Well, that's your preference. If they they can't get right, Right. then they're going to be mad. So we're not here to appease men, but to glorify God. Amen. Isn't that all that matters? When when everything is settled, that's all that matters, that God is glorified, that men have learned in the process, and we have tried to bring them along through the progressive sanctification, which is the process of growing. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. And, and the way it's laid out, I, I honestly, man, I don't know there's another podcast laid out like this. It's a good one. I like, I like the layout. Pertinent topics that are in our face. Go to the Word of God. Where does it first appear in the Word of God? Follow it through. Give biblical examples. Give practical examples. And um, amen. Great format. Yeah, I, th- I think it just works well. All right, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then we are going to talk about the definition of a Christian And can that Christian lose their salvation? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we desperately need you. Lord, I pray your hand upon this hour, on this podcast. Give Duke and I clarity of thought, Father. Give us clarity of speech. And Lord, allow all of us clarity of hearing and understanding so that you are glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The first thing we're going to do if we ask, can a Christian lose their salvation? The first thing we're going to do is define the Christian. If we define the Christian, it will take care of a lot of questions. Yeah. About three quarters of the controversy goes away. It, it does. It really settles it and settles it well. So let me just say this. A Christian is not a person that walks the aisle. It's not a person that was raised in a Christian home. It's not a person that prays a prayer. Uh, A Christian is someone who says, I have completely and fully trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The only Savior is Jesus. And therefore, once that happens, the Christian receives the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of them forever and ever. And John 3.16 is our verses. So real quickly, I want to cover that. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that who, and by the way, his son is Jesus, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Acts 16.31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, what it means by you and your household, because I just want clarity here, it doesn't mean that if mom got saved, the whole house is now saved. Mm -hmm. What it means is you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that opportunity is open to your whole household. You can take that into your whole household and they can be saved as well. Yeah, that's what happened at my house. I was number one. Uh, first, <laughs> right? Chiefest of sinners in the family. <laughs> kind of a close contest with my dad and I. And, um, and they saw the change in me, and it took years. But one by one, they came to Christ. And, cause they, and I remember my sister calling me. Uh, it's only a couple years in. She was weeping and said, I need what you got. Come over here and tell me how to be saved. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning, went over, led her to Christ. Yeah. But, boy, she told me off two or three times along the way, don't you Throw Jesus in my face. Oh, isn't it crazy? You know, so. But what is a real Christian? I think you nailed it. Yeah, and that, that's the definition is a person who has fully trusted in Jesus Christ as their only Savior, and now they possess the Holy Spirit. By, Ephesians By uh, grace, through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. That's yeah, baby. We're on the same page. <laughs> I interrupt you sometimes, but it's all in love. <laughs> right? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The blood, the cross, faith, a redeemer, believe, and thou shalt be saved. Right. That's it. Believe in Jesus Christ. That is the definition of a Christian. Now, let me say this. <clears throat> Just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they actually made the transition. I, matter of fact, I talked to someone one day, and they said, uh, hey, I, I just met them, and we were building our relationship, and they said, hey, uh, I just want you to know I'm a Christian. I'm just not a very good one. And I was like, well, that's between you and God. Then as time went on, they said, I had them questioning, I had them questioning their Christianity, right? And then at one point they went, I'm really having a struggle. I said, a struggle with what? And they said, getting Jesus from here mm. to here. That was humility on their part to say that. Oh, my goodness. That was beautiful. I, I love this person because they have absolutely been so transparent, so honest, and so humble going through the whole process before they nailed down salvation. Amen. I remember believing that I was a Christian when I wasn't a Christian, and it was through religion. Uh, Mama took me up in front of the church when I was a, an infant, and a man dressed up like a woman sprinkles <laughs> my head with water, gives me a piece of paper called a baptismal certificate. And poof, you were a Christian. Right here, it says right here, <laughs> Reverend Cones and Dookie Herget, Christian. Right. And, you know, I I thought I was a Christian. So, but, but here's what's interesting. No offense to anyone. But in Catholicism, they say they're Christian, but then if you ask them if they've been born again, they're like, whoa, we're not one of them. Not one of them. But yet Jesus says that you got to be born again to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, me too. I'd never even heard the word born again, but I really thought I was a Christian. Right. Because I practiced, you know, I, I, I enjoyed my day off from school on Christmas. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought practicing Christianity is buying presents and getting presents, you know, so. But re really, I thought I was a Christian, and yeah. I really wasn't and I think, close. I think wasn't there's close. a multitude of people that think they're Christians, but they're not even close. And so, guys, the whole idea of this is we're going to define, we're going to define what a Christian is. We're going to look and see what a Christian is, 
that, and that way it will help you. It will help you to look at yourself, to look in the mirror, to examine yourself and go, okay, do I line up with these precepts? If I do, I'm a Christian. If I don't, I need to take care of business. Like that's, that's what we hope they, that people land on with this. Amen. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. So with the definition in mind of what a Christian is, which I said is a Christian is a person who is fully trusted in Jesus Christ as their only savior, the only way to get to heaven. Now they're filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a Christian, a true Christian. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you are not a Christian. A Christian is a Christ follower. And if you're not following Christ, you're not a Christian. How's that for simplicity of math? Yeah, pretty simple. With that in mind, let's look at what a Christian is. Number one, a Christian is a new creation. First, second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, I'm reading it for you, John. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all, or yeah, old things have passed, passed away. away. Behold, all, all things, things are become be- new. <laughs> ah, man, that's so close. <laughs> you read it. I'm I'm quoting it. I'm 67 years old, and that brain cell just... Uh, All right, look, know, just look, 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 listen, listen to me. New creature. Sometimes you have excuses. <laughs> Sometimes just, you have reasons. Okay. You just took two points away from me. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. I did. I did 67 it. is an excuse, not a reason. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to milk it, too. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm 67, and I'm I, almost I in have the no grave. filter, and I can say anything I want. So there. <laughs> that doesn't happen until you're 85. Okay, okay. Okay, 80. I'll give you I, 80. I promise you it's coming. <laughs> So I have, uh, anyway, let's move on. Okay, <clears throat> just in case they're listening. A Christian is not simply an improved version of a person. Amen, amen, amen. They are a new creature in Christ, a Christian, and, and, and that's the other thing. So for a Christian to lose the salvation, the new creation would have to be destroyed. Yeah, you can't destroy that. Because Christ holds that, right? So uh, the first thing we look at is a Christian is a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And therefore, if he is in Christ, he's settled forever and ever and ever. I love that new creation. I had an experience. I'm a new believer, June 18th, 1972, and I, I, I was a mess. I was I was nasty, and uh, I got gloriously saved. He was changing everything. I go to a football game in September. I've been saved a couple months. Ran into a gal from our class, Charlotte Templeton, and she came up to me, and uh, I said, "Hi, Charlotte." And uh, she just looked at me. She goes, "It's true. It's true. It's true. I can't believe it. It's true." <laughs> hello. I, all I did is say hello, Charlotte. I said, well, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "I heard you got saved." Yeah, I guess everybody heard that in my small town. The drug dealer got saved. Right. And and I said, well, how, how did you know? But all I did is call you. She goes, you called me by my real name. We used to have a really nasty name for her. And she said, you called me by my real name. Right. And I was so convicted. I started to cry. And I hugged her. And yeah. you know, she was not the most popular girl in the school and everything. And I'm at the football game. I began to weep because I had been so cruel to her and lots of other people. But I was a new creation. Yep. And and there's there's always proof when it's new. When other people say yeah. you're not the same person. 
Yeah. I think you're a real Christian. Yeah. And that's what, uh, when I got saved, that was happening. Uh, even Sherry's dad said, there's gotta be a God because only he could have changed you. <laughs> that meant I had, I was a new creation that was visible. It was, it was noticeable. It was very noticeable. And it couldn't be spoken away. No. The second thing, a Christian is redeemed. First Peter 1, 18 through 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, you have been redeemed. You were purchased. You were brought back, purchased by God. He owns us. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. It was literally, the price was Christ's death. And so for a Christian to lose salvation, God himself would have to revoke his purchase of the individual. Mm -hmm. God himself would have to say, I paid the price for your sin for you with the blood of my son. How do you revoke that death? So there's no return aisle for this. There's no... (laughs) Think about that. How, how do you revoke his death? Mm-hmm. How do you take all that away? How do you say his death was in vain and did not, did not accomplish the, the ability to purchase us? How do, you can't say that. You can't change all of history. I've heard it said it would have to change the efficiency of the blood of Jesus. And uh, we know the blood is sufficient. It is the only thing yeah. sufficient. See, when you look at the investment God made in salvation, we're talking about the real deal here. Yeah. He redeemed us. He brought us back. He purchased us. We're not our own. He sent his spirit, probably getting ahead here, to live inside of us and to change us from the inside out. When the world's watching, they say, like the apostles, the world was watching him and said, are these not ignorant and unlearned men? How speak they the wonderful works of God? It was so evident. It was so evident. Yeah. <clears throat> That's and, what I want. Yeah, and here's the thing. Christians, so the first thing that we saw was Christians, is a, uh, a Christian is a new creation. A Christian is redeemed. He's purchased by God. And by the way, once, listen, he can't return us because he can't undo the death of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. The third thing is a Christian is, is justified. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus. Remember that Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? You always bring that back, don't you? Faith it, in Jesus, faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus. Because that's our anchor. That's yeah. the answer. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the solution. That's everything. That's life. That's eternal life. It's a switch. It's the plug-in point. It's it, the power point. It is the power. Exactly. And so a Christian is justified. Now, what does it mean to be justified? Well, to justify is to declare us righteous. I've, we've all heard this. I've been around the church for a while. Just as if. You never sinned. Yeah, isn't that neat? He washes us white as snow and takes away all the stain that was caused by sin. You know, a lot of times we look at salvation, we look at, well, we did this, we did that, or we didn't do this, we didn't do that. And that's just not the basis of salvation. Salvation is what Christ did on the cross, who he is, what he did. And when we believe that, we're declared righteous by God. In that moment, he 
that handwriting of ordinances that was against us, contrary to us, had he nailed it to the tree. You yeah. know, all the sins that we've ever done, yeah. nailed to the cross. And we're, it's, we're justified, just yeah. as if we never sinned. We're covered. We are, an, uh, what's the word, uh, the covering, I'm losing it now, not atonement. We're washed. 67 years not, old. See, I'm yeah. using it, blaming it again. You're not 80 there. It's a reason, not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what word you're looking We're about. talking 10 more years, Johnny. See where you're landing. Yeah, so here we go. All right. So atonement. in order. Atonement. You said it was an atonement. Covered. I just lost the definition. Anyway, we might have to yeah. edit this out. I'm going to edit this out. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> God gives grace to the humble. <laughs> You're like, it's not atonement. And then I went, well, then I don't know what he wants. It is atonement. Because I thought it I was atonement. I had a brain fart. And as soon as you know. said it's not atonement, I went. I'm going to drink some more coffee. Yeah, I'm out. And we'll be back. <laughs> get, get me out of the, out of the ditch. Here, so here's what happens. We have lunch before we do the second podcast. And we shouldn't have lunch before we oh, do man. the second podcast. So listen. A Christian is justified, which is declared righteous, right? That's what justify it means. And then all of those that get saved are declared righteous by God. And so for the Christian to lose their salvation, God has to go back on his word and declare what he previously declared as righteous as now unrighteous. And then those absolved of guilt, God has to go back, try us again, and declare us guilty. I mean, God's not going to be moved by our stupidity, right? And, but but think of that process that just had to happen for on one issue, and we're talking about several issues that we're gonna that we're using to describe a Christian. And if we're justified, God's not going to turn around and go, yeah. You know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to I'm going to undo the death of Jesus, and I'm also not going to give you the right to be declared. Uh, righteous, and then I'm going to undeclare what I already declared, and now I'm going to take you back to court and find you guilty of what I already found you innocent of. And yeah, you know what? I think that's just what I'll do. Yeah. Like, do you see the insanity of that? that like, that's that's human thinking. That is not God's promise. It doesn't change him. It doesn't change God. God promises. And when God makes a promise, God holds to the promise. He never breaks them unlike human beings. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news, John. It is, man. Is the I'm telling you, that is why we don't lose our salvation, because God is a God that does not change. So what would happen is God would literally have to reverse the sentence handed down from the divine bench. The righteous judge would have to turn around and become unrighteous to declare us unrighteous. Men, we want to complicate things, don't we? You know, because let's face it, a lot of people have a problem accepting forgiveness. And so to avoid accepting forgiveness, we have to convince everybody that the guilt doesn't go away. We're unforgivable. Well, guess what? You're right. You're unforgivable except for a righteous God forgives. It's his purpose. And he calls, and because he's righteous and calls us uh, uh, and, and says that he forgives, and then he calls us to emulate him, which then requires us to forgive. That's what makes us forgivable is a righteous God. Hallelujah. 
Good news, John. Oh, my goodness. All right, next, uh, Christian is promised eternal life. Now, I'm just, you know, okay, Duke, check this out, brother. This is going to be so easy. Give me the definition of eternal. Uh, Forever. But because that's going to be difficult, we're going to try and say it in about 18 different ways. (laughs) (laughs) Eternal life is the promise of spending forever in heaven with God. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And if you spent the rest of your years and you lived to be 100 years old from the day you are today and all you said was forever and then for forever was a forever that we added forever, you couldn't say forever long enough to outlast God's forever. Mm-hmm. And if you had that, <laughs> whatever it made sense. <laughs> If you had that everlasting life and you lost it, then you never had. You never had everlasting yeah, life. Yeah, just by the very definition yeah. of the word. And God understands the word. He's the author of language. Yeah. And if we just listen to what he says, it's really good news. It is. You know, people want to believe in evolution, but how do you explain all the different languages? There's only one event in history that does that. And Genesis 11. Yeah, and that is the Tower of Babel. And if you read it, God created a language, and in every language, forever means forever. (laughs) In every language, isn't it? I never thought of that. Isn't that so consistent of God? That's what what six uh, double shots of espresso will do for somebody's mind. (laughs) They're like, dude. (laughs) So at any rate, God promises, believe and you will have eternal life. For a Christian to lose salvation, eternal life would have to be redefined. Or the word eternal would have to be redefined. And believe me, give someone time and they'll do it because they seem to be redefining everything today. They they redefine pronouns, but most people aren't buying into that. Right. And, and eternal means eternal, eternal means forever. And not only that, but even if man changes the definition, God doesn't. Amen. Ooh, I like that, Johnny. That has lots of implications, but that's not this podcast. So we'll stay on, we'll stay on target. A Christian is promised to live forever and then you simply ask the question, does eternal not mean eternal? And if you say it doesn't, well, then you're a liar. I mean, it's like, what do you do with that? I think I understand this, John. <laughs> I came out a little more harsh than I had. You're jumping into that ditch a lot here, man. I came out a little more harsh than I intended to do. <laughs> All right, listen. A Christian... Is, dude, did you put something in my sandwich there? <laughs> I think you're on your own here, bro. Oh, that was too funny. All right, maybe just to me. Here we go, because you keep looking at me like, <laughs> have fun, man. This is good stuff. All right, next. A Christian is marked by God and sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. Let's look at Ephesians 1. 13 through 14 in him you also trusted who is him that is jesus in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also and of course in whom is who jesus also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise you going to let me jump in on the seal thing here real quick? Let me finish 14 and you go right back to it. Who is the guarantee, the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, which is us, to the praise of his, Jesus' glory. Yeah. This is very powerful passage. We don't really use a seal 
today in our government uh, things like they did. When you understand the uh, ancient, I want to I want to use that seal on their forehead. <laughs> the king, the potentate, right? The the, the right. main man of each of a nation had a signet ring, and that baby was a stamp, mm-hmm. a document, a decree irreversible yeah once it was sealed it, it, it was, was no changing and so when the king was convinced that this is my intention of what i'm going to do he would seal that it would become official yep. unchangeable and the moment you and i believe in jesus his cross his death burial resurrection the moment we believe in him he seals settled. us by the Holy Spirit yep. of promise. And does God break his promises? Absolutely not. And well, because if he in. did, if he did, he wouldn't be God now. Right. And we, and he's saying yeah. you are in, it is sealed. It is yeah. one. It is done. Yeah. That's really good news. Absolutely. I banked on that for and, 49 years now. And that seal is what guarantees us our heavenly inheritance. For a Christian to lose salvation, God would have to literally erase the mark, withdraw the spirit, cancel the deposit, break his promise, revoke the guarantee, keep the inheritance, forego the praise, and lessen his glory. Please say that again. (laughs) That's great stuff, but say it a little slower. Let it sink in, because this is good, Johnny. That's too much coffee. All right. It's too much coffee, but it is a great script. You were... Yeah. So for a Christian to lose salvation, God would have to erase the mark, withdraw the spirit, cancel the deposit, break his promise, revoke the guarantee, keep the inheritance, forego the praise, and lessen his glory. You get... You got five points for that, John. That's awesome. Think about that for a minute. Think about all that God would have to do just to take away your salvation that he promises is eternal. And then not only that, but guess what? With all of that, and then you better add in there and lie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll sign that. He has to be a liar because that means that he didn't mean for eternal to be eternal. Which then means he's not righteous. It means he's not holy. It means he's not just. It means, so look, when when we talk about losing salvation for a Christian to lose their salvation, God literally has to undo every facet that he is. My pastor in Springfield, Missouri, kind of from the Ozark type guy said, I'm so secure in Jesus, I can swing out over hell on a rotten corn stalk and sing Sing Amazing Amazing Grace. Grace. (laughs) I like that. I'm a Yankee, but those Southern people, they have some sayings. They do, right? They do. All right. A Christian is guaranteed glorification. A Christian is guaranteed glorification. Romans 8.30. Stop for a moment. Yes, sir. Three points of salvation are salvation, the moment we believe, sanctification, the process through which Christ conforms us to the image of himself, the Christian walk, the Christian journey, and ultimately the glorification. glorification. Mm -hmm. You may proceed. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Move on. (laughs) Romans 8.30, moreover, whom he predestined. Now, that doesn't mean he chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. What it means is he predestined the entire world to be saved and those who receive the salvation by grace through faith, they are the ones that get heaven. 
who is predestined the entire world. The problem is the entire world is not going to choose Jesus. I've heard it said that God's foreknowledge, he knows the future just as clear as is the past. God's foreknowledge is not causative. He knows who will and he knows who won't. won't. And the elect are those who he foreknew would. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's actually really good. I'm not the author of it. That's probably why it's so good. (laughs) But it is good. And it is true. And it's true. How about this verse, Johnny? I'm throwing this in too because it's part of this deal. Okay. I I think it's Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. And we are already seated with him, whereat in heavenly places. We're already seated with him in heavenly places. That gets into that that tense, past, present, future Mm -hmm. tense with God. And he says, I am. Yeah. And it's like he says to us. Well, I I think that literally is referencing the fact that your spot's secure just as if you were already sitting there. Absolutely. That's comforting. See, all these words, these these teaching, these the, the, the meanings of the words, the promises of God, all of this is like a giant a spiritual comforter for right. us. Right. He want these things have I written unto you. So I put it in writing. Why? That believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. Mm-hmm. God wants you and I to know that we're going to heaven. Right. We got enough stuff to worry yeah, about. Yeah, he, he wants us to know so that we're comforted, we're settled in it, we're secure in it. So no matter what happens, we're in. Yeah. And then when others see us and say, you are not even the same person, well, that's, that's cool, too. Yeah, because that just proves 2 Corinthians 5.17 is true. <laughs> that God really has done a perfect work in well, us. Well, and, and that's how you know you're a Christian. According to Romans 5.1, or I'm sorry, according to Romans 8.30 is our glorification, right? A Christian is guaranteed glorification. Romans 8.30, moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified could you say he just kind of puts it all in one big beautiful package absolutely isn't that awesome and then when you got romans 5 1 so according to romans 5 1 justification is ours at the moment of faith and what is justification you said it in the last podcast justification is where god declares us just as if we had never sinned and it's a judicial thing god the righteous judge in the court of uh, of of holiness and yeah. in the court of absolute truth his his truthful honest being and and our us and all of our guilt and all of, that we deserve yes. judgment we deserve hell he by the sacrifice of his son atones he covers us and and the judge of the universe declares us righteous just justified as if we never sinned yep and that is romans wow. 5 1 that'll dude that'll make you uh well, well, say amen right? yeah because you know what hallelujah it takes us from being unrighteous scumbags which according to god we are as we filthy are rags guilty right to being white as the pure driven snow clean without sin come now let us reason together uh, saith the Lord, though your sins be red like crimson, they shall be white right as, as snow. snow. Dude, that, that is a, that is an absolute cleansing, and it only happens because of the blood of Jesus, red like crimson, mm-hmm. causes us to be white as snow. Mm-hmm. Verse 5, 1 of Romans. Therefore, having been justified by faith, meaning been 
just as if we'd never sinned because of our faith in Jesus. We have peace with God rather than being enemies with God through the death of Jesus Christ or through our Lord Jesus Christ is what the verse actually says. Yeah. I remember that moment, you know, the, the night I was saved, I went back home and I laid down on the floor. It was hot. We didn't have air conditioning in those days. I'd sleep on the living room floor. There was a little bit of airflow there and I was laying there and I'd been saved now for about four hours. And it, I just remember just like, there was like a peace, like I've, I've been saved. I've, God declared me righteous. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just, just entered a gate. I just knew. And I was laying there and I was sort of like, is it okay, God, to like talk to you? Right. It was, I had never been like that ever before. Right. It was like, uh, how's that prayer go? Our father, which art in heaven, what's that? Uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be. And now it was like, I'm just talking with right. God. He sees everything that I am. Yeah. It's not religious rhetoric. It no, is, it no, is just like my real relationship, is, real conversation. It was so new to me and I liked it. Yeah. So I have uh, a lady who just got saved. Matter of fact, October 13th. And since I didn't ask for permission, I won't put her name out there. I was talking to her and I asked her all these questions, you know, about conversion, salvation. When's your day? Tell me what happened. What did it look like? And then I said, I want you to write it all down. Ooh, so sweet. Mm. I want you to write it all down so that you can communicate this clearly. Well, that day, the Holy Spirit started moving. And she just started, the whole day she's weeping. It was that morning that I asked the questions. That whole day she's weeping, she's crying. She was, she said she got in the shower and she said, I just wanted to fall on my knees in the shower and I couldn't understand it. And I'm weeping. She goes, I get out of the shower. I go talk to my husband. I'm weeping. She's like, I don't understand this. I don't pastor asked me all these questions. Is it a decision? Is it a feeling? I don't understand what it all is. And, and her husband already being a Christian said, why don't you take care of it now? And so she prayed right then and received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And all of that insecurity, not being sure, all that turmoil that was going on within her spirit disappeared. Those are pastoral highs for us, aren't they, Johnny? And she said, I love this. She said, I knew. And she's one, now I'll tell you this, she's one that, Listen, if you do not offer her too many uh, options <laughs> because she won't be able to land the plane. <laughs> like, hey, do you want a chicken burger? Well, you know, okay, we're making burgers. I just settled it for you because otherwise it might take forever to get the settlement. And I said, do you doubt or are you sure? And she goes, no question. I am sure. That's what Jesus does. And that is, listen, that is when, when we become a Christian man, it is settled mm -hmm. and there's no question. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, October 13th, 2021, she got peace with God. June 18th, 1972.
How sweet is that? So listen, if a Christian can lose salvation, then Romans 8.30 is not only in error, but God could not guarantee glorification for all those who he predestined, calls, and justifies. And so therefore, he's a liar because he says he can do what he can't do. And so if Christians can lose their salvation, once again, God becomes incapable, unable, and a liar. Because all that's got to be reversed. And you know how much of it's going to be reversed? But, but, but here's the thing. Think about this. I, I said it all has to be reversed. I, the, the reality is, if it's not real, he can't reverse what he couldn't do. <laughs> You're getting past my comprehension. So, therefore, it, it didn't even exist for him to reverse because he wouldn't be God. Here's how I see it. It's probably all true. <laughs> it's a little bit past me right now. I need two more shots of espresso <laughs> to get that. You've got the fog. <laughs> God God isn't going to change. No, and that's the whole point, right? So if we're talking that people can lose their salvation, then that means that God was incapable of doing what he just promised he could do to glorify us and justify us. Yeah. It's, yeah. He, he can't do it. So if he can't do it, it never happened for him to reverse. Anyway, here we go. A Christian cannot lose their salvation. The Bible says what happens to us when we receive Christ. And what the Bible says is invalidated, untrue, if salvation could be lost. Mm -hmm. That means all of Scripture is a lie. Mm -hmm. Throw it away. This is a very commonly asked question to us who are pastors because people want to know, and they have their doubts. I, I did a survey through the years, how many of you have doubted your salvation somewhere along the line? And uh, like 90%, a huge right. percent. It's something that you have to kind of go through for most. I never did doubt my salvation. I doubted my sanity a few times, but never my salvation. Right. But most people do. And then my pastor would say, just drive down a stake. But you say, what is the reason somebody would doubt their salvation? Because they, they sin, they, you know, right. and then they feel terrible. Well, the, the guilt is what causes them to think they yeah. can lose it. Yeah, you're just taking my next sentence. Sorry. And no, that's okay. We're <laughs> yeah. on this exactly yeah. the same page. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, we sin, and, and the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive us. So we continue. We're not perfect yet, but now the perfect Holy Spirit's in us. And then when we sin, we, you know, maybe just, just saying kind of a critical word, immediately the Holy Spirit inside of us is convinced. He's grieved. Right. No, don't talk that way. Be, right. be, be yeah, and if, and if you don't have that, you might want to ask if you're saved. And so the Holy Spirit convicts us, and there's a difference between conviction and guilt. I think conviction comes from the Holy Spirit to confront us, to right. to tweak us. You know, I have, I have grandkids, and they come downstairs, they do stupid things, but, man, we love to death. Are you kidding me? And we correct them. Mm-hmm. And that correction is is like that, that you know, conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's not right. Don't say that. Say, you know, please, what's the magic word? Say, please. That, oh, you have such good manners. And that's the nurturing of the Holy Spirit teaching us. On the other hand, Satan is the author of guilt. Aha! Would a real Christian say that? The, you're, you're not a Christian. And then that they kind of get guilted into insecurity. Yep. And all this truth is is convicting us into security, not guilting us out of security. Exactly. Because God says, I want you to be secure, man. That was some great points. The other thing, too, is I want you to see a Christian cannot lose their salvation, not only because most of everything in the Bible would be invalidated and God would be a liar, 
but also salvation is a gift of God and God's gifts are irrevocable. Check this out, Romans eleven twenty nine for the gifts and the calling, calling, salvation calling, of God are irrevocable, or without repentance in some versions. God doesn't give and take away. He doesn't give and take away. He does not take what he has given God. He's not an Indian giver. Oh, man. So, right? Otherwise, you can't believe anything he says. Everything is contingent or momentary or... Well, what if God's a woman and has an emotional breakdown? Then what do we got? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Johnny. I just thought about Indian giver. I didn't mean that as an ethnic slur. It's just, I just thought of that, man. Sorry, I have a lot of Indians that are my... You're part Indian, aren't you? I'm part Indian. Why are you talking about me like that? Sorry. All right, here we go. A Christian cannot be unnewly created. The redeemed cannot be unpurchased. Eternal life cannot be temporary. That's sweet. God cannot renege on his word. Titus 1, 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Mm, This is good stuff, John. I wish I'd have written it. So, (laughs) So listen, there's two common objections to the belief that a Christian cannot lose salvation concern these uh, experiential issues. And you and I were talking about experiences before, right? Mm -hmm. The experiential. Number one, what about Christians who live in a sinful, unrepentant lifestyle? And two, what about Christians who reject faith and deny Christ? They're not Christians. (laughs) Yeah, we just settled that in the last podcast. Right, exactly, right? So the problem is, to answer those two questions is they've not been born again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a problem to say, well, what about those who are living an unrepentant lifestyle? Listen, if there's no fruit of salvation, they're not saved. Yeah, it brings me back. I think I use this uh, in the other podcast. Don't let people mess you up about mess you up about God, let God, God straighten you out. you out about people. Yeah. Cause we don't yep. get our theology. Well, this guy said he was a Christian and he did that. So therefore, right. no, that has nothing to do with my salvation. Right. Just, somebody over here says they're a Christian and probably aren't because you'll know them by their fruit. Right. Their fruit doesn't save them, but the fruit proves that they're in or out. Exactly. And, and that's the other thing is, is the Bible says that Christians, true Christians will not live in a state of continual unrepentant sin. First John three, six, whoever abides in him, Jesus does not sin. It would literally means does not continue in sin. Yes. That's the Greek aorist tense. Exactly. Start throwing a little Greek (laughs) scholarship here. It's a tense that we do not have in English language. It means that a, a past completed action with a present continuing effect. Dude, that was impressive. So they're dangling <laughs> brain cells, but it's really, it's solid. so that just proves to me that when you said 67, it really was an excuse and not a reason, but, true, but yeah, right. go ahead, man. And, uh, <laughs> the past completed action is it is finished. Christ right. paid the price and the present continuing action is Christ in me will not continue to practice that sin. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I refer I, I I share where I came from very openly. I, I came from a drug dealing past. And I hold that up not as any kind of a trophy or anything. I want to be a trophy for Jesus. Right. But I, I'm not proud of that, but I've been delivered from that. Mm-hmm. And I always want to use that 
uh, as an encouragement for those that are kind of locked down into some some bad behavioral and, and, and things. People are struggling with dependencies uh, that Christ can deliver you from that. Well, but, it, he, t- but he does deliver. Yeah, well, that's the key. And that's the rest of the verse clarifies that, guys. The first part of the verse is whoever abides in him does not sin or does not continue in that sin. The second part of the verse is whoever continues sinning has neither seen him nor known him. Whoever There will will be a change. Yeah, there will be. And if there's no change, listen, if someone says, I believe in Jesus, but there's no fruit, there's no change, they're not a new creature. It's not God who lied. It's the person who's lying. Ooh, I like that. It's not... God who lied. It's it's the person who's lying. Yeah. Yep. So the Bible says that anyone who departs from the faith is demonstrating that they never truly were born again. First John two nineteen. They went out of us from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us. If or if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Listen, if they were us, they would have stayed with us. And I'll tell you this, man. I think COVID weaned out a lot of those who were not of us because if they would have been of us, they would have stayed with us. I've talked to 50 pastors that have said that and it and they all had a broken heart. Oh, absolutely. They use COVID as their excuse and they've been out so long now they don't need an excuse to stay out. The sweet side of that is a whole bunch of people came in. A whole bunch. Because of COVID it shook them up and said, "Wow, something's really screwed up in our world." Oh my goodness, and they, right? They they were they were shaken and they knew that yeah. God is the ultimate man and they turned to God and so we had probably 40 people that are no longer with us and a few of them are in good churches and stuff. That's, that's, that's okay. But we've had people that just, they're gone Yeah, and it got, it got tough and they walked away and I, my heart breaks. Well, and, and like I said, I truly believe COVID helped wean that out, help wean yeah. the, the, the wolves from the sheep. And I hate to say that, but listen, I'm a pastor. I experienced it. I had people leave for multiple reasons. Uh, I wasn't wearing a mask um, anyway, on and on and on. And uh, they haven't been back to any church. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. The other thing is, is that the Bible says in Matthew seven sixteen they could have put on a good show. They were religious, but they probably weren't born again by the power of God. Matthew seven sixteen. you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You will know them by their fruit. You're judging. <clears throat> I know. I'm good at it. <laughs> Actually, you're perceiving. <laughs> right, because that's the other thing, too. Do we have the right to judge? We did a podcast on that. Do, uh, do we have the right to judge? The reality is, perceiving is, do they have fruit or don't they have that, fruit? That's a fig. That's not a fig. Right? That's not judging. That's just simple discernment. Judging is, and this is what is a sin, if I see you walking down and you got a beard and so on and so forth, and I go, oh, my goodness, everybody that's got a beard is scary, I just judged you. Or, you know, I, when I ride motorcycle, I wear leather because, obviously, if the bike goes down, I want to protect my skin. 
And so I wear leather and all my leather is black, black boots, black leather chaps, black jacket, black helmet, dark sunglasses. And so when I go into a store, I've had moms grab their child and pull them closer to them. Yeah. Guess what they just did? They didn't say, oh, this looks like a, a godly man. He must be a pastor. <laughs> they didn't say that. Just go and have him say a quick prayer for us. <laughs> right? All of a sudden, you see him grab their child, pull them in tighter, close to them, take a step away from me like I am the beast. Yeah, dangerous man. Yeah, and the reality is they just judged me because they made an insinuation on me with no facts to start it or confirm it. And that's what God says, don't judge. We can't do that. But when he says we'll know them by their fruits, that means you look and you can make a judgment call based on the facts that you have perceived that they've shown you. That clarifies it. Judgment's bad, discernment's good. Exactly, there you go. So the redeemed to God belong to him who raised them from the dead. Romans 7, 4 says, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. You became dead to yourself and married to Christ, that we would bear good fruit. Simplicity. How about this? Romans 8, 38 and 39. Nothing can separate us from God. Oh my goodness. For I am persuaded. This is Romans eight thirty eight through 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now here's the coolest part about this passage. Nor any other created thing. The only thing in existence that wasn't created is God. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Therefore, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, not even God, because if he did, he would be breaking his promise and then he wouldn't be God because he'd be a liar. So if there's, if you look at it, the only thing that has never been created is God. There is nothing else that has any influence or power over this decision. Mm-hmm. That is one of those uh, security blanket uh, passages as well, isn't it? Oh my, this, I love this because I'm persuaded and I'm just going to read this slow because I really think we need to grab hold of this and I'm seeing the time. I have time to do this. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. Those are demons. The powers of Satan. They can't touch us. They can't touch us. Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Future stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Because... All of that has been created. Even the height and the depth has been created because before God, it was just 
a simple void. There was nothing for up and nothing for down. I've always looked at it height and depth in a personal way. My my high moments, my d- deep moments. I'm, I'm oh yeah, being rich or being poor. My emotions have nothing <laughs> right. to do with this. They don't unseat the promises of God. Right. You know. Yeah. It, but I'm, I'm not feeling. It. I'm just, <laughs> not feeling. It. I'm not. <laughs> Nothing can remove a Christian from God's hand. How about John 10, 28 through 29? And I, Jesus, give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. To play the devil's advocate, and I don't believe what I'm going to say, but I've heard this a few times. Well, you can pluck yourself out. Yeah, I know. Well, then myself would have, we go back to that list of things that can't, I can't even separate myself from yeah. the love of God. Yeah. Well, because well, well, who, who would want to, first right. of all, who would want to, well, are you ready? Here's the thing. Neither shall anyone mm-hmm. snatch them. There's the answer. Who's anyone? Anyone's everyone. Everyone's anyone. And you're wow, man. anyone. <laughs> and so if you are anyone, you're not able to pull yourself out That's of God's true. hand, right? You have to be somebody. You got to be somebody, not anyone. We better land this plane, Johnny. <laughs> right? Well, and here's the other thing. Are you ready? How about in 28, he says, I give them, who's them, those who believe, eternal life, and they, who's they, the one he's given eternal life, can never perish. Amen. The only way you can perish is if you can pull yourself out of their hand, out of God's hand, which means you can't because he already said you'll never perish. Amen. And if I didn't make sense before, I'm probably not making sense now. <laughs> What's scary is you're making perfect sense to me, Johnny. Here we go. So in John 28, 29, God promises that you can't even remove yourself. You can't re- listen. You, by the way, you didn't save yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's part of the conversation. All right. God guarantees eternal life and he maintains the salvation because it started with him and it ends with him because it's all about him. Jude 24 through 25 says this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He is able. And so what that does, guys, is that right there secures your salvation. Because number one, it promises who we are. Number two, it promises who he is. And number three, it guarantees that we have no decision other than to believe on Jesus Christ. And then he carries the rest out himself. God is a God who cannot lie. God is a God who loves us forever. God is a God who secures everything. And when he promises... He does not go back on his promise. If you're not born again, I pray that that happens today. I pray that all you got to do is stop and say, I believe Jesus Christ is the savior of the world and mean it with all of your heart, not your head. And that is the day you'll be born again. And that is the day that your eternal life begins. Hey guys, I hope this has helped. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless. God bless.